That day, we were already behind after Piotr Trochowski goal in the first few minutes and didn't exactly cover ourselves with glory. But now, all of us had shown character. I was in control of my game. The passes were getting through. Okay, I admit, in the last few minutes before the half-time whistle, I slacked off a little. A tiny bit. That's true. There I can't take issue with a coach who's criticising my commitment. Instead of going at full pelt, once or twice I just trotted as I ran backwards. I was only on it about 80 or 90%. But I wasn't playing badly. Is it really a good reason to snap at me like that in front of the whole team? I exchange a furtive glance with Sergio Ramos, my friend. I really like the guy. Then I lose myself in my thoughts again while Mourinho's dressing room thunder continues. I don't much like dressing rooms, no matter where they are, whether they're old and revered or ultra-modern, whether they're in the stadium or at the training ground. I know the allure of team dressing rooms for football fans around the world. They act like a magnet. Everyone wants a glimpse inside their club's shrine. Many are even prepared to spend good money to see Cristiano Ronaldo's or Lionel Messi's locker on a tour of the stadium. But there's nothing mythical about changing rooms for me. They don't radiate any magic. They're not special. Dressing rooms are control centres. They're like the towers at airports, with managers acting like air traffic controllers directing the flow of flights. But they're not sacred places. I find the changing room before the match or at half-time more like a cage. I want to get out of there, as fast as possible, like a tiger longing for its freedom. But time passes more slowly in the dressing room. The quarter of an hour until the start of the second half always seems much longer to me because I'm desperate to get back out onto the pitch to continue the game. The changing room is just for preparation. The pitch, the turf, is my stage. It electrifies me. It's where I belong. For me, it's liberating to step out onto the pitch. In your private life, you can sometimes have problems, arguments, discussions, disagreements. But there aren't any problems for me on the football field. Those 90 minutes sometimes more if there's extra time, signify peace for me. Pure pleasure. The grass doesn't even have to be perfectly cut. I don't need accurately marked out chalk lines. I don't even have to be wearing the perfect boots to feel content. I just need a ball to kick around. It's the football field that makes me happy, not the dressing room, that cramped space, sometimes 60 square metres, occasionally 80. I want to get out of that cage especially now during this humiliation. Mourinho is standing in the middle of the dressing room. He's talking and talking and talking. In fact, he's more like shouting. Mess it here, mess it there, mess it this, mess it that. I try to switch off, allow the criticism to bounce off me, because I can feel the anger beginning to bubble up inside me. You think two passes are enough? Mourinho screams. You're too refined to go in for the tackle. You think you're so good that 50% is enough. He pauses, stares at me with his dark brown eyes. I stare back. We are like two boxers eyeballing each other before the first round. He's not showing any emotion, just waiting for my reaction. How I loathe him at this moment. Although in truth I love Jose Mourinho. He alone is the reason why I went to Real Madrid from Werder Bremen in 2010. I didn't choose the club, I chose him.
I chose the man, Jose Mourinho. I wanted to play for him and no one else. I'd harboured this strong desire since 2008. Back then, at the beginning of October, I'd played for Werder Bremen against Inter Milan in the Giuseppe Miazza Stadium. In goal for the Italians was Giulio Cesar. The attack was Adriano, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Mario Balotelli. What names! What a team! Put together with the tactical brilliance of none other than Jose Mourinho. In the very first minute, Adriano found himself in mid-air in our box and tried a sideways scissor kick, which he fired just a few centimetres above Tim Visa's goal. Soon afterwards, Ibrahimovic just missed two when he hit the side netting. After 14 minutes, we were down one from a goal by Mykon. Inter was strong, doing everything right in this phase. During stoppages, I'd occasionally look over at Mourinho, watching how he directed his team.